Hey, welcome everybody to podcast number 24. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. We have Tim and Dexter Wiseman, Adam Weber, and our special guest of the week is Al Paquette from Timmins, Ontario, um, coordinator and runner of the Timmins Invitational, and that'll be our first topic. Um, I do believe the Timmins Invitational for 2020 is filling up fast, as well as all the weekenders that you guys do for that. Uh, let us know how it's going. Well, thanks for having me on there, guys. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this Timmins Invitational, uh, it's just funny how it kind of happened with regards to what you mentioned, uh, it filling up real quick, is that I basically just changed the dates on our Facebook group. <laughs> so I changed it to next year, February 2020, and then it was one comment saying all shifts or whatever and a best ball team. Then all of a sudden, 150 comments later, <laughs> we're... I'd say like 95% full. I think our Friday shift, we cap out at 45. I think we have 45 entries. Saturday morning, cap out at 63 or 72. And we're there. And then on the Sundays, we have 10 on a waiting list for a, a full shift. So, And that's, again, it's all people putting, put me down for all three or put me down for Friday morning and Saturday afternoon or vice versa. So I'm sure you guys know how that works uh, uh, with your tournaments out west. So it could be a lot of, you know, uh, maybes or if necessary kind of thing. So, uh, so which kind of brings me to my next point. I've already had a conversation with a, a few of the bowlers, uh, just kind of trying to figure out how to, how to fix this come the new year, right? Because there's probably a lot of people that will drop out or a lot of people that have, that don't have Facebook that weren't able to register kind of thing. So, uh, thoughts on, you know, deposit, for your shift, you know, come September or October or maybe even November kind of thing. If I post something in October, say, you know, by end of November to confirm your spots, pay your shifts. Yeah. After that, open it up to kind of first come, first serve. Like uh, in our pre-podcast discussion, it's a good problem to have, but I also don't want, you know, 180 maybes and then 50 back out at the last minute when we could have filled them up with other people kind of thing, right? So, uh, so I'll open it up to you guys. What are your thoughts on, on approaching a situation like that? Well, I, I know, uh, the NDP or the NDP, (laughs) 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 the NBT, um, they do that. They do the prepayment for sure. Um, and they fill up almost instantly as well. So, I mean, I think that's not a bad idea for sure. Um, we've definitely had that problem too. And uh, for the TPC and, um, we've always kind of contemplated a way to circumvent those situations. Um, for me, what I, I would like to see with our event is at some point being able to, um, you know, if you want to prepay a shift, that's fine, but like, you know, sign up for one shift. And I don't, I don't know if I want them to be able to sign up for another shift until they're already bowling in a shift, something like that. Or like, you, um, just so that you don't have somebody signing up all the shifts for, you know, people that are coming in and, and might be only playing the one event or the one shift or whatever like that. Um, all of a sudden, somebody has all the shifts taken up already. But, but there's a lot of top caliber bowling. Like, I put myself down for three. Am I going to bowl three? I don't know. I'm organizing it. Sometimes I'll take a shift off just to run around and help out kind of thing. But it just, it, it's just a matter of, like you said, it's not a bad problem to have. It's just, it's something that we never did in the past. So it's, again, it'd be something new that we're implementing, right? So... Mm-hmm. What are people that have shown up for the last 20 or 30 years that this tournament has been going on, never having the requirement to prepay for a shift? And all of a sudden, I have to tell them, to guarantee your spot, sir, 
or miss or madam or whatever, uh, you know, you have to pay your shift. You have to pay your shift up front. Yeah. So I just don't I, want. I just don't want to deter anybody either. But like I said, that's sure. why I figured. You know, if I put, if I put a a time frame kind of thing, like I said, at the beginning of bowling season in September, say by October thirtieth or November thirtieth. This way, it gives them three months. You know, to figure it out, figure out your travel arrangements, figure out, and then and then at that time you can confirm and pay your pay at least one shift or something like that. You know, just to confirm that they're that they're coming up kind of thing. And this way, it saves them from might be a little bit more cost effective because this way when they come to Timmins in February, they already have one shift paid. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have to worry about that. So it could help them out there too. Uh, but it's just a matter of, it's something new. Do you think something like that would work though? Uh, uh, what I would like to see when we're having issues at TPC with people filling up, I wish we had a clause where if you sign up for a second shift, uh, somebody who bowls the first, they're bowling their first shift or opportunity to bowl the first shift has the first dibs on on that. So like a Friday afternoon, we could have six or seven rebuys. Somebody comes in and be like, okay, well, I want to I want to put another shift in, but I haven't played yet. Brand new bowler, they should have first dibs before the rebuys. That's but actually what I did too. Uh, that's what I did yeah. on the Sundays because a lot of people would just come up or yeah. some of our local bowlers would just bowl the Sunday afternoon shift. Mm-hmm. So they would, I would automatically put the new bowlers, like you said, at the top of the list on yeah. whatever shift and then put all the rebuys behind so if you look at my lists yeah they're usually kind of coded blue as in you know being a rebuy and then all the new bowlers at the top so like you said they get first dibs yeah i would think they would have to be pre-registered though you couldn't have a local show up the last shift and then bump somebody that's possibly paying four shifts to play right and bounce somebody yeah if they're pre-registered yeah your your first your first entry should be the one that gets priority I, I would think probably if it's not in by the weekend, then yeah, for sure. I agree with you, Carrie. But, but that's that's kind of the reason why I'm saying you can only sign up for one shift at a time until you're in another shift. Because that'll prevent it, too. If you're bowling in the – or you, you bowl the Friday afternoon shift, you decide that you're only going to play the Saturday afternoon shift. Well, you could sign up for that once you start playing. But at least you're not going to get bumped off by somebody showing up very last minute, you know? I think the caveat could also be if, if it is a prepaid shift for all three – well, your entry is guaranteed for all three. Yeah. Yeah. But I, then, I, but I, I then think you make, have to put that in. Yeah, but then if you make the cut on your first shift, are you allowed to take that extra two shifts back? I, I'd say that at that point you're taking the risk and you have to sell that spot to somebody else. Yeah, your ability to sell it maybe. Yeah. For 150 I'll buy it off you for 150 yeah. I don't know. It's, it's that, I think that's the only way that you can guarantee having that that if if necessary shift in there is if it's physically prepaid. Yeah, I yeah, just, and it's just one I of just, those things like we didn't yeah. expect to go through when uh, we're talking about this and what what are we May, and it was filled up in like March, so it's just <laughs> I never expected it to happen kind of thing, right? And it's just it just ever since we well last year we just implemented the Friday morning qualifying shifts. Now a lot of people are kind of like Friday morning, Saturday afternoon because Friday night tends to be like most tournaments, kind of like a drinking social night kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they take the Saturday morning off and then just go in the afternoon. So, so now that's why we have an influx on the su- Sunday afternoon, and then our Friday is kind of picking up steam too because last year or this year that just passed, I think we only had twenty five, and now we're already sold out at forty five kind of thing <laughs> because people like that. Uh, people like that ability or that that possibility of bowling Friday and have a big break and then bowl Saturday afternoon or Saturday afternoon. Yeah. So, but then we still have a lot of those out of towners, those guys that come up from Southern Ontario 
that'll travel through the day. Even the guys from Quebec that come up, they'll travel through the day on Friday and then they'll bowl both shifts Saturday and Sunday. So we'll still get our numbers for, for Saturday morning regardless. But, uh, well, yeah, it was just, it was something that we, uh, we'll have to figure out to come to new bowling season anyways. But yeah, good to get your input, guys. Well, yeah. congratulations on that. Bro. Yeah, fair, fair. Absolutely. Amazing. So what is it going to take for you guys to come up here? Are you guys going to have to get some uh, – you guys going to have to win some weekenders or jump into these weekenders or what? <laughs> well, honestly, we talk about it all the time. I yeah. would absolutely love to get there. Uh, apparently, I'm too late for next year. So uh, put me on the list for the year after. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make a special exemption for, for you guys to come on up there. But, Thursday uh, night. Thursday you know, night. <laughs> uh, I totally get it. I'm in the same boat as you guys. You know, it, it, Especially with Regina being the weekend after uh, our tournament, uh, it makes it tough for a lot of people that are in the WCBT to to come to Timmins and then go to Regina back to back. So, totally get it, and uh, and it's same thing for me. I would love to go all all the WCBT events too, but money money is money. Time off is time off. Families are families, right? So you gotta you gotta pick and choose what you what you can do. So, well, what's so, the so uh, what's no the best way to travel there? To Timmins, uh, you're better off to fly. Like, uh, like what? Like, you, you can probably. You guys are pretty much all close to Edmonton, I guess, right? So, yeah. so we like we flew Swoop, uh, and it, we flew direct uh, whatever Hamilton to Edmonton, and it was 250 bucks, and we drove the rest of the way. So, if you would figure something out like that, and you can hop in with whatever Mitch is from the area, uh, maybe Jeff can pick you up on the way by. He usually comes up. He didn't come up this year, but, uh, you know, there's a bunch of people from Southern Ontario, Mike and all them. So, uh, so you drive it up. It's about a seven hour drive. Uh, but for 200, a $250 flight there and back, you got to add a drive. So, yeah. So, so, so that's, that's the catch there. Uh, you can fly to Toronto and then fly right to Timmins too, if you wanted to through, uh, Air Canada. We only have Air Canada in Timmins. Uh, we we have Porter as well. I don't know if Porter goes to Edmonton or not, but uh, no, no. But that's I have no WestJet or nothing like that that comes here. So so it'd be Toronto here for you guys. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, but even Carrie. Greg, like Greg Gradzia, uh, he flies up. He and his dad flew up this year from Thunder Bay. So they go like Thunder Bay, Toronto, and then Toronto to Timmins. Kind of take a detour, but they get a good deal yeah. on on flights uh, and whatever. We pick them up at the airport and stuff like that. So it works out yeah. good. Terry was looking to get a charter for us the one time. Yeah. I, it, was a little, it was a little bit expensive. Yeah, it was a <laughs> lot more than uh, we could ever afford, that's for sure. Got a bowler that has his license up there that can just like take a little dash aid and go right across. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? I don't know if I would trust a bowler to fly, though. Well, not yeah. Tim. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's pretty much it for Timmins, guys. Uh, it's uh, We switched it up to kind of the form of the TP and the Regina, so... A side, B side, A game qualifying shifts and stuff like that. So, uh, cable company from Northern Ontario that uh, provided some live coverage. Me and Bob Bocage did the live commentary on it, so it was pretty, uh, pretty cool to have it on TV. So I actually have it on my, uh, on uh, recorded on my PVR. So it's, uh, I've only watched it once there, so it's not like something I watch all the time. But, uh, <laughs> but I have it. Figure out a way to to make some copies or something to get it out there. It was pretty cool. Get anything up on YouTube. Yeah. Everybody wants to watch whatever they can find. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm just not sure of the legalities. I never really reached out to him, to be quite honest, to uh, to see how it, there's any implications if I start taking Eastlink stuff because they're a pretty decent company that has to go through the whatever the Canadian radio television, CRTC, whatever 
Uh, so I don't want to get no copyright infringements and stuff like that. So, uh, but uh, that that was I, the idea of it all is to have it them posted on their platform because they probably should have a YouTube channel and stuff like that. So I was hoping that they would put it up, but unfortunately they're not at that stage yet. But Do you want to explain the weekend? All good. First come, first serve. Uh, once the sheet is full, I'll do a live video on Facebook. Uh, then I'll put all the numbers one to eighty on a on random.org and kind of randomize it five times. Number at the top is usually the winner, or is always the winner. And then, <laughs> uh, and then that person gets those free shifts. So, and uh, like I was saying pre-podcast, you know, I think we did twenty-five sheets uh, two years ago. Last year, I think we did just over a dozen. Uh, and then we actually already filled up the first one for this year. Um, a couple weeks ago or maybe a month ago uh, we had a little added incentive we had a free hotel room uh, and free ho- free nights hotel stay that we included in the weekender because uh, again people were asking for it so people ask I deliver or I try to anyways <laughs> <laughs> it, literally, it literally filled up in two minutes it was wild it was uh, uh, I actually had to shut off the commentating so or the comment, comment section so I can update the list and as I was shut off the commenting, I've had about 15 direct messages from people saying, I can't comment on the thing, whatever, because I shut it off. So I guess that was my bad. I probably should have just left the comments going and should just, and then should have just went down the list and figured it out. But, uh, but yeah, anyways, it filled up really quick. Uh, so I think a local girl won it. Uh, so I don't know what she's doing with it yet. It might be up for sale, if I'm not mistaken. So anybody's interested in a weekender uh you know that's the thing too right you don't even have to be a bowler you can win it and you can sell your spots right yeah uh, did you ever play sports breaks online are you in the sports breaks groups online uh like you're talking like hockey card breaks stuff like that yeah yeah Yeah, is that is is that where you guys (laughs) got the uh got the idea i'm a geeky hockey card collector guy so uh that's my uh my my vice i guess the draws and stuff like that. We wanted to get the out of towners involved because yeah. they bought like crazy. We were, we used to sell $2 squares at 60 squares a sheet kind of thing for one entry. So we said, you know, how do we get the out of towners involved? And then it was about payment. It's like, well, you can't send an e-transfer under 10 bucks or whatever. So it's like, you know what, well, let's do something at five bucks a square. If everybody can pick up a couple squares and now everybody's just flying with the e-transfers. And uh, so we said five bucks a square. We made it, we called it the weekender because it basically covers your, well, at the time it covered your whole weekend because we only had two qualifying shifts. Now we have a third one, so I guess a weekender is not totally a weekender, but it still covers two qualifying shifts and your best ball for your for you and your teammates. So, so it's pretty cool. It caught on like wild wildfire, and like I said, uh, I think the day when I changed the the, the group settings on uh, on our Facebook page, it was like you know when's weekender one going up for twenty twenty. <laughs> <So. laughs> and and you're just ready. like, yeah. You're you're just like probably like I said, go away. I'm already tired of this already. Just give me like give me like a month. Yeah. I don't know why it is. Like, I get nothing out of doing this, you know. I, I, <laughs> tournament, you know. I, I I love. I just love running it. It keeps me busy. Uh, you know, at night here, uh, you know, I get my kids and stuff like that. But you know, when they're in bed, they go to bed at like seven, so they're super in bed early. So, you know, it just gives me something to do. You know, plug around, play on the computer, play with these Excel sheets and stuff like that, and and it's fun to interact with everybody too. So, and and I love to see the excitement, right? Because. It's not, I don't, I don't feel like it's me pushing it on them. It's them asking for it and I'm just putting it out there and then it fills up. Right. Like at some point, some sheets take a little longer than others there. So then at some points I feel like, okay, like, is this going to fill up here? It's been sitting here for like two days. It usually fills in an hour. So it is what it is, but, uh, but it's fun. I enjoy it. 
Uh, I, like I said, we make 20 bucks a sheet, but it basically to cover all the expenses throughout the weekends, like making signage and stuff like that, uh, you know, uh, getting printer ink and whatnot. So, uh, but, but other than that, if there's anything extra, it goes towards the prize board. So. Awesome. It's a, yeah. it's a great idea. Um, it's something that I, I've, since I watched you do it, I've been talking to Tim, we're going to start doing it for TPC right away too. It just makes sense. Why not? It just means more paid entries ahead of time. More and paid entries ahead of time is huge, right? Because when you're dealing with, you know, 60, 70 people coming in to pay, you know, an hour before registration, like if you really average it out, it's like a minute per transaction, right? So it's like, yeah. give me your 20 bucks or give me your 150 bucks, whatever. And it's like, it's really quick. It's really fast. So if you can, if there's any way to alleviate that, uh, definitely I would mm-hmm. suggest. So if you guys want to go a weekender route, it's great. Cause like even at a, even at a dozen weekenders it's still 25 paid entries that you have in the bank you have the money all for it already it's sitting there you just got to take it out before the tournament and and this way it's ready to go when you want to give it out on sunday yeah exactly yeah we should, we i mean almost we do our satellites already i mean it's a it's a cheap way of getting some people into into the tournament but i mean if we do if we do these for you know 20 bucks you know 10 people you could pump them out in minutes and like okay there's an entry People, people, when they have just easy access to be like, here's twenty dollars, they do it. You know, we're, we're, I think by nature, I think most of us are are, are kind of all gamblers in, in, in some sense, right? If we're willing to buck the bowl, and the, I was going to say that word, but I didn't say it. <laughs> uh, but like, we're all gamblers, right? So, so to pump in twenty bucks to to win two hundred bucks, yeah, like why not, right? Uh, it feels it, like nothing. Two hundred feels like a lot. Twenty dollars feels like ah, go ahead. You know, do it do so, once a week kind of thing, right? You know, you don't have to do it every day, but you know, you do it once a week for your chance. You get a one in ten chance of winning a free entry. Absolutely, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure the guys up here will be into it. I'm sure the guys from Ontario that go up to your tournaments, you the guys from Quebec, and you oh. guys get from all over from uh, Newfoundland too. So, yeah. I'm sure they would all. I'm sure they would sell very easily if you put those online, even at ten bucks, twenty twenty per sheet or something like that. Or yeah, we should we should so, almost think about doing a, an invitational one. Oh. oh, there you go. But, yeah. yeah. It's got some thinking to do there. I, I see it. I see it all the time in the sports breaks. People are doing like Gretzky jerseys, thousand bucks, and people are throwing a hundred bucks a time just trying to get into oh, it. I, I wouldn't do a hundred, maybe fifty bucks or something like that. We'd be do half. We could run minis. I've got this covered. <laughs> I'm an expert. You guys, 60 guys that pony up a thousand bucks, so. I'm sure you guys can get 20 guys to pony up 50 bucks for a chance yeah. at it, right? Yeah. So, uh, so for sure, you know, something to, to keep in mind. I would definitely recommend it. It's fun. I like it. But everybody has their own lives too, so it's up to you guys. <laughs> what, what's that? <laughs> Tim, Tim has, has no life. Tim has no life? All right. No. <laughs> I don't know you guys well enough on a personal basis to make those comments like that. But <laughs> Al, I wouldn't feel bad if you said yeah. that. It's okay. It's <laughs> pretty much impossible to offend us at this point. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I mean, dude, you watched me throw a sandwich at my mom. <laughs> we're, we're, we're pretty much BFFs at this point. <laughs> wow. And then he saw me throw a better ball. So we're, we're, we're already best friends, right? We, we are. Was it just one? Uh, yeah, and then it was the second one. No, it was. Uh, I think it went. I think it went gutter. Gut- I got 15 that frame, so I was pretty happy about it. 
then like the next frame or a couple frames later, I went deuce deuce or something like that, and then you're then then you offered some shots, so I was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think we yeah, were in was, for the rest uh, of that it was a rough weekend, man. It was, uh, it was, I don't get into bowling until like after Christmas, right? To like, cause we have our open and your, I didn't bowl the open this year, but our open and all our tournaments are after Christmas, right? So, so November is like, I'm still like post golf season. There's nothing really going on kind of thing. League, sorry to all league bowlers there, but I can't stand league. You know, it's just there to, to keep them must hate it kind of going kind of thing. So, uh, it's a night out with the guys more or less, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so no, so yeah, it was, it was a bad timing in November, but hopefully if we decide to come up again this year, uh, we'll be better prepared. Well, I enjoyed playing with you. It was a good time. It was a, bl- it was a blast. I want to mention something, but I, I, like we're talking about, you guys are talking a lot about, you know, damaging the bowling alley and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure there's a coat rack hook missing off of somewhere. <laughs> I don't know who did it, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Weird. It, was, it, was, it must have been bringing up with the WCBT president. <laughs> it, was, it was a great tournament. You guys did a good job there, and uh, the guys from Timmins had a good time too there. So, yeah, yeah. so hopefully next time we come up, uh, we don't. I, I'm trying to kind of. I want to try to do all the tournaments kind of thing. Yeah. So I did Regina last year. I did Edmonton this year. So I don't know about next year. Calgary is tough because of the uh, the club tour event here in Ontario, yeah. but uh, yeah. but uh, Red Deer looked like it was a lot of fun this year too. So yeah, I don't super know. unique format. Red Deer seems too far away now. It's like you know, like I want to do something sooner than later kind of thing. So maybe Edmonton and Red Deer next year. We'll see. Perfect. We'll see how it goes. So when you come up, your entry is going to be two hundred five to cover that coat rack. <laughs> it wasn't him. <laughs> was not Al. <laughs> it was. Dexter could attest to that. We were bowling on the same lane, so. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was uh, it was funny, and it went unnoticed. So it was nice. It was well Dude, done. I <laughs> no 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 I re- either. I really thought it was on unnoticed, actually. So that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> What do you, so you guys are all heading out, or sorry, Carrie, but I guess you're not heading out, but to the open now. <laughs> is, that a little, is that a little dig there? Sorry, bud. I'm not going either. I'm with you. No, we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're leaving Tuesday morning, bright and early, 7.50 a.m. flight. Looking forward to 6.30 a.m. beers. <laughs> yeah. That's doable. So oh, it's, able- sure. it's in Gatineau this year? Uh, no, the Open is in Vancouver. Uh, Masters is in Gatineau. Masters is in Gatineau, that's right. Yeah. Hey, so it's not too far for you guys. No, quick hour flight. Uh, nice. So we're going to get there at like 8, 10, 8, 20 in the morning. <laughs> so early. Not, not, have, not have a hotel room. Until <laughs> 3 o'clock. Yeah, so lots of time for extracurricular activities. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should, should be a blast i've seen a whole bunch of uh you know posts of uh some of the bc group uh just some of the things they've got planned for live streams and seeing some uh some other uh group uh group posts there so they're they're really excited to have everybody there be really good to, to catch up with uh, some people around uh, around the country 
the bowling family. And uh, yeah, no, I I I like uh, like our team going in for uh, for the men's team here, and uh, we'll uh, we'll give her hell. Mm-hmm. Go Northern yeah, Ontario. Nice Go Northern Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Greg's on that team, right? Yeah, Greg. Uh, I don't even know who else is on the team. I think Taylor and Michelle's on the team, yes, and uh, it was yes. kind of a kind of a weird group of guys this year. It's not the John Wilcott's there again, though. I think he was there last year, or the year before. So some of the regulars, uh, but uh, yeah, some, oh, it should be the, some of them. Yeah, they usually yeah. they do pretty well there. They, they came in second a couple of years ago or something like that, and made the mm-hmm. step ladder last year or something, if I'm not mistaken, or yeah. maybe in Sudbury two years ago. Or, so uh, yeah, no, it's, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure they'll do well. Yeah, I think that's uh, seven or eight years in a row for Northern Ontario for the tournament, or not the tournament men's team, just the open men's team to uh, to get out of Northern Ontario. So we can't beat them. I gave up. Quit the open. Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the WCBT. We're happy to have you. <laughs> exactly. Cash journeys, baby. That's where we're going to grow the game anyway. So. Yeah. yeah lo- looking forward to being back there. It's been a long time since I've played in Surrey. I mean... Uh, Ever since the, their tournament shut down, we haven't been there. But Scottsdale was always one of my absolute favorite bowling alleys. Just good feelings there. Always played well there. L- looking forward to it. Never played in Abbotsford. Uh, could be polar opposites. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It'll be a good time. Good luck, guys. Oh, thank well, you. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Just take it easy on Northern Ontario, okay? <laughs> <laughs> No, no promises. Beer talks. <laughs> you got that, Greg? <laughs> I was just going to mention there, Al. I think the Northern Ontario men's team last year qualified fourth and ran the stepladder and ended up beating BC the first game and then losing the second game, I do believe it was. Mm-hmm. I think it was something to that effect. But yeah, Northern Ontario has always always been a force, especially with such a young core group they got going on. So yeah, Plenty yeah. of talent. Uh, is there anything you guys, I guess, expecting at Nationals? I don't think there was any real changes. They're still doing uh, a provincial night and all that stuff. What's Correct. the theme yeah. this year? Be your own superhero. Oh, right. So, uh, so Michael already has his get-up. He's going to be Farva. Super Farva. <laughs> Super, and Farva. Super Farva. And Adam Weber is going as Adam Weber. <laughs> the the five pin bowling superhero. <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> Just wish Johnson was there to give autographs. That would end up in Valley Village. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> 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 yeah, super inside joke. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yes, we have we have three rookies on our team, so I'm excited that they uh, they uh, enjoy uh, their new experience. So yeah, it'll be fun. Are we allowed to talk about the special awards happening at the uh, the C five special awards happening at the open? Yeah, yeah, I can I can maybe throw that out there. Maybe yeah. if you want. Uh, C5 is doing their uh, their first introductions, not from the founding fathers, but they're going to be the, doing the Hall of Fame. So they're going to have the they're going to introduce or induct 10, 10 players on the original, and then they're going to have three builders and 
and two Hall of Fames. Sorry, two two builders and three coaches and ten players. Um, so it's based off point system and it's based off of uh, mathematical equations. It's pretty in depth. So I've seen it all. Um, so for Alberta, we're really excited that uh, there's only one male out of ten of the players that got inducted. The, the other nine are ladies. <laughs> um, so Bruce is the only male that's there. And then, uh, and actually, Bruce is coming all the way from Europe, and he's going to change his clothes and change his suitcase, and he's going to fly out to Vancouver to, to take it. So he's excited. Bruce is going to be there, and then uh, Diane Mylini is coming out for the week. Um, so Diane's coming, and then uh, Lynn Howells is going to be one of the three coaches. So Lynn's our coach, and so Lynn gets his Hall of Fame inductee there. I think Sandy Anderson and Karen Armstrong are coming out. So that would be really cool. They're coming to get their awards. Some can't make it. Um, but it's based off of um, your All-Stars, your gold, silver, bronze, and your participation, how many years you participated. But it, you can only go up a maximum of 10 points. One, each year, you get one participation. So if you're there for 15 years, you can only get 10. Um, and then you hit the with those numbers, uh, you get uh, up to 30. So like you get four for gold, five for All-Star, two for uh, bronze and three for silver. You hit the 30 point and you go to another level. And that other level includes your average, your frames played, your singles, your win percentage, all that kind of stuff. So um, it's a big formula. And that's how they came up with this top 10. The, the coaches are based off of just their gold, silver, bronze, and, and uh, all that stuff based off of all C5 events. Oh, so pretty cool. Absolute legends in there. But it, did I hear you say that an all-star medal is worth more than a gold? Uh, yes. Now, I was there when they went through it all. It was kind of – I was the same way you were. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but I think the reasoning behind it was also because places, people like Nova Scotia might never get you know, medals. So they wanted to get something like Nova Scotia or PEI um, where they – I'm not saying they would never get medals. There's been some really great teams. I believe Nova Scotia won about 10 years back in, in Newfoundland. Um, but just get, get them an opportunity because some of them might not have that opportunity to get up to 30 points in order to make the next level, right? I totally agree uh, with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So the, the cool part is like uh, – and then you can – each province can send in their submissions. Um, if it's – obviously there's all the, the point scales – you can go down and keep the Hall of Fame committee keep on going down. But if you feel like somebody like uh, I was looking at Willie Orn, Willie Orn's win percentage was not very good. And it's not because he didn't play well. He averaged like 270 plus in nationals, but he just hit the wrong people at the wrong time. So for if Manitoba wanted to put his name forward, maybe bump it up on the list or at least maybe take a look at it, they can have the opportunity to do that. So it's kind of neat that way. There was thought, and the biggest worry they had was when I went to the meetings was that it would come up to be like the hundred year top hundred bowlers, the the fifty and fifty, uh, male and female. A lot of it was just from people sending in recommendations, right? And it, some people didn't know about it. Some people, so not saying those hundred people weren't good bowlers or the best. But some of them may be off the list that nobody thought about or didn't know how to recognize them, didn't get recognized. So at least Sheila's gone back from since, uh, doesn't include the Westerns or the, the, uh, before that or whatever it was. 
but since the open's been accepted from the seventies, uh, she went back through all the all the files and did all the points work. It was absolutely insane. So it's worth it, I think. Yeah, it'd be a lot of work, and that that's uh, strictly for the open itself. The open, C5. obviously, yeah. So like the open, okay. uh, coaches go IP, you challenge, okay. and uh, and all that too, right? So. Yeah, it, it works out really good that way. And I think maybe down the road, obviously, the Masters can be, you know, maybe talked about getting involved in that too, that too. So, yeah, really cool. Yeah, love the idea. Love the concept when it came out a few years back. Um, be interesting to see, you know, some of the names that, that kind of come out of the woodworks. Um, there, there's so many talented players all around this country. And, uh after many kind of leave the spotlight of the sport, they, mm-hmm. they kind of leave the spotlight of the people that are still in the sport. So ha- right. having that, that, that good recognition is, is very well deserved. I think so. I, I think it's cool. It's, but yeah, you're right, Adam. Once you leave the sport, you might not be a common name anymore, right? And it's not fair to those people who bowled the 80s and 70s that we don't know, you know, current opportunity. Yep. So, yeah. So that'd be kind of cool. But yeah, it'll be neat. It'll be neat to experience that. Uh, it was I, it was neat being there at Masters a couple of years ago when Diane got uh, her fiftieth or last year, her got her fiftieth, uh, not fiftieth. Was 40, how many fortieth fortieth Masters? Yeah, unbelievable. It was neat being there for that and seeing the recognition for that. So I'm sure. Yeah, this will be super cool. And I mean, we're all we're all friends with Bruce, so. And Lynn, and Lynn, right? Yep. So yeah. um, it'll be really nice to be there and experience that with them too. Just, just pay homage to some of these these legends of our sport, like yeah. uh, the the ones that kind of you know blaze that trail for for us to be where we're at right now. Yep. And you know, in the hopes that maybe that gives us a little motivation to do the same for the next group, right? Yep. And that, that's that's why you know all, all of our talk, especially on you know the WCBT. Um, being out there, being professional, um, you know, creating that that positive mindset in the youth coming behind us, and that's why it's so important, right? To to get them to that next level. Mm-hmm. I I'll be honest with you. I think it's really cool that that Lynn and Bruce are going to go in together, and it just happened yeah. to be that way. Yeah. Best of friends, they got to do it Absolutely. together. Um, I also, yeah, it just it just it's a neat concept. I think it's well worth it. Uh, I'm really excited to see it. So, over under on Lynn's tears. Uh, well, it depends how many seasons oh, he can't. has. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, there's no over under. It's guaranteed. No, it's, no, it's just how many. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which rookie we're gonna get to count? Them? Yep. <laughs> we got to M- Michael for the right side, Curtis for the left. Okay, we yeah. got it. <laughs> rookie task. <laughs> Book it. Uh, I, yeah, it's it's gonna be totally cool, for sure. Like Lynn and Bruce have been so instrumental in the Edmonton area of just who they are, and and uh, obviously I think you can see not just those two, but there's other ones out there that their profound effect, obviously, within our bowling community out here. It's done even, you know, with outside and even Alberta, it's been tenfold, right? So, well, Bruce hasn't played in what almost. Five, five, six years, and yeah. he's still the name that people will always 
think of first when it comes to Alberta bowlers or Alberta yeah. male bowlers anyways. Yeah. Right. Dan's always that, that, that first female that, that everybody thinks of in this, this part of the world. So, uh, 2014, he, he, yeah. he, he did something right. Mm-hmm. Well, and not, not only was he fantastic, he always, always carried himself so well too. Hands down one of the best teammates you could ever have. Um, always has time to talk to people, always super friendly, still shows up. It still makes a point of talking to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's so important too, you know? Um, there's, uh, there's a difference between being a great bowler and being, you know, one of the absolute, you know, best bowlers. And, and, and I think the difference is, is, um, just how you treat people. You can be a great competitor, but that doesn't make you a great person. Being both is what makes you a a fantastic bowler in my mind. Well said. Hey Al, uh, who is your bowling mentor? Uh... I think we'll stay on course with everybody else. It's got to be my dad. Uh, my dad, uh, Ron Paquette. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was uh, growing up, right? I've been bowling since I've been, whatever, three, four years old. So he's the one that used to wake me up at 7 o'clock in the morning, wash my hair in the sink, get ready for YBC bowling at 9 o'clock kind of thing. Uh, so he brought me into YBC. And as I got older, I obviously started following him. He used to bowl. He used to be pretty good, too. Uh, he used to be on open men's teams and stuff like that in Northern Ontario. Don't think he went to any nationals. Sorry, Dad, if I uh, misquote there, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was always fun. He used to bowl the Friday night men's leagues uh, with the with the well, whatever some of the legends, I guess, locally here, and uh, he used to always take me with him when I wanted to go or when he wanted me there, I guess. So I used to follow along there. So uh, so that definitely got me into the competitive aspect and got me uh, got me hooked. Awesome. Um, we yeah. probably skip this next question, but I'll ask you anyways. Your uh, favorite tournament? <laughs> yeah, I gotta go with the Invitational. Uh, whatever, right? It's uh, being being the organizer and stuff like that. It's uh, it's a fun tournament, and and again, uh, I guess some of the organizers, if you guys organize tournaments, you 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 come to appreciate what you've built. I guess you can say right. Uh, you see everybody having a good time, and it just just makes you feel good kind of thing. Right. So, uh, even though sometimes it doesn't go well in the lanes personally, uh, I'm sure sometimes everybody has an off day. So, uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the weekend, you can always look back and say, this is cool, man. Like, you know, a lot of people, you'll get a lot of good feedback from everybody. Uh, you know, you'll see the comments on Facebook the day after asking to register for the tournament for next year, right. Wanting to come back. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's always fun. So, yeah, got to stick with my own there, boys. But you guys definitely run a good ship out there at the TPC. I had a good time this year, so even Regina was a good time. So props to you guys. Yeah. Hey, and just to double down on that, um, we get lots of people talking about the Timmins Invitational and how good it is, especially when the Ontario guys come out here. I think you guys have put out such a great product in such a remote area that you can pull that kind of support is is uh, just a testament to uh, what you're doing out there for sure. Oh, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's gone, uh, it's expanded kind of more than I ever expected, I guess you can say, right? Whoever thought that would have been full uh, February of the year before kind of thing, right? A year in advance. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty, pretty mind blowing. And then it's just, you know, a lot of, we have a huge support system from Southern Ontario. So, so props to, you know, the Mike, uh, Mike Herberts, who's been bowling this for 30 plus year, Bob Bocage, 
et cetera, et cetera, that uh, come up. Uh, Mitch obviously has a huge voice up in Southern Ontario, so it was nice that we were able to get him up one year, and now it's almost a staple in his bowling calendar, so he brings up a bunch of people too. Uh, and it was it's actually nice that the Southern Ontario boys were kind of winning. I think they've won well, like five out of the last seven or something like that because Mark Goulet came up, I think, or Ian Gavell came up his first year. He won, then Mark Goulet won back-to-back. Then I think Matt Houston came up and he won. Then it went Greg, Cody, and now Greg again. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's the Southerners are coming up. They're kind of cleaning house too, so they're doing well. So uh, Mike Herbert always has a good run, and I think he's never going to stop coming until he wins this thing. I think it's on his bucket list just to <laughs> win because he he always comes so close. And uh, and he but it is what it is, I guess, right? So. Uh, He's uh he's a good competitor for sure. Well, those are those are big names in the sport to be <laughs> winning that tournament. So uh, huge yeah, list even, of champions. Even, even wow. the, I, I can't leave out the Quebec guys either. You know, with Sylvain coming up uh, yeah. year to year, Max coming up every year too. Uh, you know, he's bringing up Mike Sove. We had Chantal Sear come up this year, which is a great competitor. I saw Alex Sumir come up this year at the Timmins, and he was at Red Deer Red as well. Deer, I believe yeah. mm-hmm. made so he had a pretty good tournament there too. So it's uh. So it's good that we're we're adding new people, right? It's not just the same people. So, so whenever you have one bowler bring up one or two extra people, you know, it, it'll boost up the numbers pretty quick at the end of the day. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on to your toughest match. <laughs> I don't know. Just one of those grinder matches, I guess. <clears throat> Excuse me. Was when uh, when I bowled on TSN, and I don't know what year it was two thousand. Not the last year, the before last year. Every year that was. I had won my first match, and I played Scott Barber in the second match. And it was just one of those grinder matches. It was, you know, that was like first double wins kind of thing. Like, nobody could do anything. We were missing. We were punching. Uh, came down to the 10th frame. I had the last ball and uh, ended up getting a hip-in split, I think, to lose the match. I think I needed something sparable. Uh, but it was just on the uh, just on the stage, I guess. That would probably have been one of the toughest matches. And, and being on TSN, it was kind of like you bowl one game, you bowl really good. Then the next game, you struggle, and then boom, it's over. <laughs> it's like a half-hour half show, and you're done kind of thing. It's like, okay, well, there you go. Pack your bags. Go home. Yeah. No. Then we'll send you a check in the mail. Sounds like the WCBT Tour Championship. Exactly. Right? You go there, you're only guaranteed one match, really, right? Uh, yeah, well, if you don't win out. I think I was out in about eight, eight like, minutes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> eight minutes. Are you even done your game in eight minutes? There's no way. With Adam, is going to be at least like 15 by himself. No, no, no. no. My, my part was about eight. And Mitch okay. was probably about six. Uh. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's in your arsenal? Uh, arsenal shoes. Shoes. I just got some brand new, uh, or I made some custom made DCs for bowling shoes. So I've literally tried them once, and I didn't fall on my face, so that was good. <laughs> uh, bowling balls. I'm usually a house ball kind of guy, to be quite honest. Uh, I carry, uh, I do carry a couple personals. I have a set of soft rolls. Don't ask me what they are. They're just soft rolls. <laughs> 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 and then uh, I can help you with that. Off. They're uh, they're red and red and yellow, or red and white, or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Some guy, uh, my buddy picked them up in uh, southern Ontario. They were selling them super cheap. It was like 100 and 
40 bucks for a set or some of like that. I thought that was cheap anyway. So Yeah, that's really cheap. Yeah. Yeah, Mitch, was, Mitch bought him for sixty. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Turned a profit. They were brand new. They engraved them and everything. So he, my buddy, brought them to another tournament we went to, and I, I think I've used them twice. I think so. I don't really use them, but I have them. And then, uh, and then I have a Paramount and a uh, and a urethane ball. I think they're four seven eighths something. <laughs> I love it. Speaking my language. (laughs) He didn't say Starline. No, no, no. But knowing what they are, yeah, that's that's me. You you know what Starline is. I go there. I go to the alleys. I try. I try the house balls, and if they don't work, and I tinker with the personals, but most of the time, I I go house balls. House balls are good. Mitch Davies syndrome too. I got small hands, so. Plug to Mitch. I know it's like what ninety podcasts in a row or something. Like that. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. We, can, we, can we stop keeping track. Did we talk about the last one? I probably. We so stop keeping track. I just we. I, we, I just we, think we, cards now. I don't even keep track anymore. So if you don't talk about Mitch, I notice more. So. <laughs> I I know we we completely kept him out of one on purpose. Yeah, we so did. Yeah, they, they, we, we broke the streak at about like 12 or 13, I think. Uh, yeah, there you go. Oh, that was the one with Lonnie, and then we called him after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, and what's, what's left on your bucket list, Al? Well, I'm going to try to win my own tournament, I guess. It's got to be it. Uh, yeah, I came, I came runner-up back-to-back years uh, a while ago. And, uh, yeah, I haven't really been in top four in a long time. So it's, uh, but that was the, that was an old format we had back in the day. So it was, it was straight five game qualifier and then two game total pinfall match play. That's it. Like no A side, B side. So it was not as long and strenuous as it is over the last couple of years, but, uh, game runner up back to back, but I, I wasn't even running it at that time either. So, right. but, uh, yeah, the bucket list item is my own tournament, uh, I'm not really playing my open anymore or masters, so trying to get out to more of these cash tournaments. I just feel personally that I'd rather invest my money into these tournaments. So uh personal choice. So so yeah, so winning that, winning one of the WCBT events would be great. Uh hopefully one year join the WCBT tour when I can commit to two or three events a year kind of thing. Maybe get some points up there. Yeah. Make a cut. Maybe it'll be a good start, I guess. But uh <laughs> There. You always got to have a starting point. Exactly. <laughs> There's only so much money and only so much time to go around. So we uh, we appreciate you coming out to our events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, no problem, guys. Uh, I, I love it to, to to spend the money there, to spend the money on the nationals for something else. At least this way, I can drink on the lanes and I can <laughs> uh, make some money, right. So. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So, Al, I got a question for you. Uh, sharks or blues? Well, that's already over. The blues won. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a strange question. I was a blues fan because I had a hockey hate delay. <laughs> a day late, a dollar short, Tim, like usual. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Blues already won, but I, I was rooting for the Blues, though, if that's what you were going for kind of thing, is that I was rooting for the Blues no. for my purposes. But uh, I like this guy. <laughs> Are you still rooting for the Blues? 
Uh, I'm indifferent. I, I can't lose my hockey pool, so I really don't care. So I'm a, I'm a half fan, so plug away, boys. But uh, <laughs> yeah. so I really don't care. Uh, I yeah, I really don't care. I would like to see St. Louis. You got a younger team. Uh, you know, Bennington would be the first goalie ever, if I'm not mistaken, rookie goalie ever to get 16 wins in the playoffs. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he, Cam Ward, uh, maybe. No, he, I think I think Roy and Dryden have the record at 15 right now. Okay. So uh, if Bennington wins 16 games, he would be the first rookie goalie to ever do that. So cool. that'd be cool. I'm, I'm uh, St. Louis has a boatload of Canadian players too. So the Petrangelos and Bo Meesters and stuff like that. Uh, it'd be I, think cool like, to see them. I think it's like 16 on a roster Canadian. I saw that six. Yeah, insane. Yeah. Cra- crazy, big number. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston pulls it off either, right? Tuca's playing out of his mind right now, too. So he's like the Tuca of old. Uh, you know, Pasternak, Bergeron, uh, they went off on that game four against Carolina. So if they keep that going, I think they might just be too rested. I think they've had a, quite a long break there. So they don't start till what, Monday? Yeah, so, we got a week, too. But I don't know. They, they got the series uh, sweep that uh, <laughs> that's going to bite them this time. Because it seems to bite everybody else. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They're, they're cursed. So, so you, uh, want in my, you want to go in hot, in my opinion, so. How about that bowling? Tim, ask the question, man. I'm just a guest yeah. here, okay? Kerry right. <laughs> <laughs> said no edits, so I'm, I was really trying to make him edit. <laughs> Alan, I know one other question we, we, we asked. You know, quite a few of the guests, and you, you've been on both sides of you know the organization side of it and the bowling, of course. Uh, is there any sport improvements that you can think of uh, that, that you'd like to see? Uh, I can't. You know, it's 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 the social media aspect of it, I guess. Maybe. Uh, you know, I know. You know, with the youth bowl and the YBC nationals that was held recently, uh, they have the website. They're posting pictures on social media platforms, maybe putting the live stream links up on there, something like that, putting it up on YouTube, putting it up on Twitter or, or, or more, more options, I guess, out there. Like I know with WCBT, you guys basically do the Facebook live and YouTube for live streaming. But for me personally, I couldn't get no live streaming going for, for the, uh, for the YBC, there's a kid from Timmins there that was a junior boy singles who was bowling that I would have liked to have, have watched if I would have had the opportunity to to watch him. I actually went out and practiced with him, so it would have been nice to see how he was doing, kind of thing. And but uh, but yeah, just just social media aspect of it. Uh, I think live streaming. I messaged Kerry the other day about you know potential tutorial or something like that when it comes to live streaming and stuff like that. For me personally, for the Timmins Invitational, and I think it'd be a good tool to have a lot of. Uh, other tournament organizers because everybody likes to follow along, right? You guys like to follow Timmins. I like to follow WCBT. You like to follow the NBT. You like to follow the national championships, right? And they, and I think some of the live stream coverage that I've seen in the past is just, it really doesn't compare to what Carrie or whoever takes care of the five pin universe, uh, streaming, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, system or whatever program that he uses is, is really good. Uh, then it might be useful to, to other people or other organizers when they're setting up this stuff. So, uh, so I think that, that that'd be a good way of putting it out there. But I think what you guys are doing with the, that, uh, televised, uh, WCBT finals with, uh, fragment media, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think they're doing a really good job with the editing. I looked into it for Tim to see if 
somebody so i don't even know how you guys get away with that or or cost wise or whatever i don't ask questions so <laughs> it, it is what it is but i did some some research in town here and i was like yeah i'm not doing this like this is no way it could happen so uh so yeah so it's uh I, you just gotta get it out there you gotta you gotta make it look professional like you said you know that even just that intro that you guys have for that thing is like you know it gets you jacked up right you know it gets you it gets you it gets you going kind of thing. It's kind of what Eastling did for us too when, when they came out. And that was all free. That's all volunteer television. So they, we had to bring up 40 cases of camera material and stuff like that up the stairs. And they had the monitors and stuff like that for the commentators and headsets and whatnot. So that was all free, luckily. So thank you, Eastlink, again. Another plug. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so just get, you got to get it out there, right? And, uh, and, uh, and it's nice to see the... I think CTV just put something up about the Manitoba kids uh, mm-hmm. that had won uh, golds at nationals. So, so even you know everybody loves to see the kids. Kids love being on TV, right? Like, I think all of us as kids all wanted to bowl on TV or all wanted to be on TV or whatever. So, so to show that the media coverage is is out there, I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we need to do more of. I know when I hosted here, obviously we had Eastling this year. But I know when we we hosted nationals in Sudbury, I believe CTV was there doing coverage and stuff like that, and to get and that's what business owners will see too, right? So it'll be able to to get some potential sponsors out there saying, "Oh crap, look at this huge event that's in town!" You know, look at all these people that are supporting us. You know, obviously the hospitality business is huge, so you know people that are you know running restaurants or hotels or whatever uh, to to potentially get involved, right? So. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's obviously all goes to sponsorships. So sponsorships and media coverage, I think, is how we uh, how we expand our sport, I guess, or, or promote our sport. And I think one goes in hand with the other, right? So if we can get the media coverage, then I think sponsorship will come following that. Kind uh-huh. of. I uh, I think Kerry should be hired, or Five Pin University should be hired out as a consultant, where he can come up and help out with associations and and other groups and he gets paid for it towards the five pin universe yeah but i'm a patreon member so i get it for free <laughs> <laughs> if you come to edmonton to get the tutorial oh there you go maybe sometime, next sometime maybe, maybe early next november-ish next time i'll fly up a day early and maybe we'll check it out yeah <laughs> no I, that's a great idea i like I I will do a tutorial and I'll put it up on Patreon.com um, showing what programs we use. Like that's five years of trial and error, right? Um, and it it still baffles me that I put it out there and uh, WCBT puts it out there and we talk about it all the time. We've offered it to associations and still we seem to get passed by. They they don't. They don't ask the questions till it's too late or or stuff like that. So I think that's a great idea um, to add that as a social media aspect and maybe a tutorial video that some of these associations will pay attention to and will take the advice, right? Yeah, for sure, because it intimidates. I literally slap up a, a tablet on a tripod and there you go, live stream. But uh, it's not obviously as in-depth as you guys where you can see the screen kind of thing you can see the screen where the scoring is and then follow the the boulders kind of thing so right so that's where i would like some tutorial uh information on to uh to see how that uh 
how that's done. So I think that can go a long way. And I think uh, a lot of other tournaments could probably, or like you said, other groups or associations would, would enjoy that and hopefully, hopefully use it kind of thing and not mm-hmm. just not use it. Did anybody tune into the uh, Manitoba, the Manitoba thing going on this last weekend? It was always awesome. great. Yeah. That, that, the open uh, single, whatever that they had televised or not televised. I, I, don't, I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden it was it's, up there. I heard, heard nothing of it, but they did a great job of that, actually. That's uh, Ken Wilson. He does an awesome job. Absolutely was, does a great job of That was the graphics and everything that they had in there, and then even the commentary was pretty good. and. Yeah, like, that le- was really cool. Leaderboards yeah. on the side, yeah. But, uh, but nobody knew. Nobody knew about it. It seemed like I'm in the kind of same boat as you guys. I was, I don't even know. Maybe I was on Facebook and somebody had shared it or something, and I clicked on it, yeah. and boom! All of a sudden, you get this nice, like you said, nice display, nice you know scoring system, and and the the graphics. They did their little pose thing and stuff like that. So some some work went into that. So yeah, so yeah props to them. That was really cool. Really good. Really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, honestly, I think it's just about time that the sport catches up to, to the technology that's out there. And uh, I, we've talked about it a few times, and there, there's always challenges at, at all the different sites. And, uh, you know, internet is seems, seems to be the biggest one, um, or, or just being able to upload, you know, some, you know, video. But at the same time, you can upload at a different time, right? You don't have to do it all live. Right, so as long as there, there's coverage out there and it goes up on a you know four or five hour you know delay or whatever that that upload speed is, um, just getting that high quality video out there for people to watch for generations, really, because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. once it is up there, it, it's up there, and and people really want to see is the the open's going to be a perfect example. People want to see you know the step ladder of the open. Uh, whether yeah. it's the singles, whether it's a team, it, it's probably the most high intensity bowling we've got in our sport. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't see, you know, a, a good copy of any video in, in previous years uh, of what we should really be promoting as, you know, the high end of the sport. Yeah. Well, they, I, they, uh, sorry. sorry so this, this year, like, um, I do believe Chelsea Ely's helping with that coverage and stuff like that. They're going to have, it's going to be pretty high end. I do believe they're going to put a lot of effort into it. And I'm not sure how much they're live streaming, if they're live streaming everything or like Adam said, if it'll be all recorded and then posted after, I'm not too sure on that side of it, but, um, it sounds like the BC crew really has, uh, Hopefully that video aspect really um, mm-hmm. going for them yeah. this year. See, and the, Adam, sorry, go ahead. No, uh, that's good. I mean, I, I think that's just the changing of the guards in in, in generations of the game, right? I mean, uh, I, I don't. No, no offense to anybody, but at, le- at least we're starting to get younger people involved in all of this stuff, right? And I, I really think that that's super important, and, and that's why it's starting to move this direction is because people are starting to recognize that this is super important where back in the day, I mean, nobody, nobody cared or nobody even knew it existed. But I mean, I I think it was what, um, Hamilton masters is when they started you streaming stuff. And then all of a sudden things slowly started to pick up. It's good. Uh, it's, but I really do think it's just the the younger generation being more adept and just into it right away. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's kind of the generation as it is. Everybody wants constant gratification, like instant gratification. You want to know what's going on now all the time. It's just our society. 
So uh, it's it's nice that we're actually trying to catch up. So good work, Harry. Yeah, Adam, I touched base on what you said there about uh, if you don't have the bandwidth or you don't have the internet, load it up later. I, I I do agree with that. At least there's another option like that. I think uh, Ontario Five had an issue because they went to Maryville this year, and uh, they couldn't put the live stream up because the internet was so bad out there, right? And they so that's what was an option they did, and it it went over horrific because people wanted to know it now they didn't want to know it later right mm-hmm. but what you had at the point was they had no internet there like it was just wasn't very good um so i think people need to be patient on that aspect you can work with what you got right um carry on another end it's funny because we started talking about uh live streaming now at, at the center and mom's like oh we gotta look into these nest cams we gotta get one on all this because she was sitting home and watching red deer the whole time so now she's like, well, we got to get one on each of these lanes and we got to do this. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, so she's totally into it, right? So it's a good sign. It's a good and sign. she's old. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't listen. <laughs> well, it's good that you have her. It's, it's good that you have her on board for Nest Cam. So those things are pretty pricey. And if you're talking about putting one up on uh, each set of lanes or each lane, that's. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't. Yeah, she, she's looking at something at least, so she wants to get involved in that. So it's a good sign. My my grandparents actually, grandpa and grandma going into the into their computer room. One one has one screen going on, the other one has the other screen going on, and they'll sit and watch all day. And then they they'll call like mom and dad, say, "When did Tim and Dexter bowling?" Well, they didn't make the cut. <laughs> oh, I've been watching all day and I haven't seen them, but. I, and then so, I, and I'm not bringing this up because I, I thought it was funny. Grandpa's like, "Is Adam okay? Adam fell and he, I think he lost his game in Regina." And I'm like, "Oh, it was, it, it was a shoe thing. Don't worry about it, Grandpa. It's all right, you know." And, so, somebody <laughs> stepped in his line. Yeah, <laughs> but they're all over and they're 80, right? So yeah, it's cool. <laughs> the wound hasn't healed, boys. <laughs> It's because we keep stabbing it. Yep. <laughs> now, there's the one thing I would like to mention, though, the, for, at least from the WCBT standpoint, um, you know, a, a personal thank you to offering the stream on, back on YouTube as well as Facebook Live. Um, I, I've had you know a couple people comment to me, uh, my parents being one of them, um, not on Facebook, but actually had that opportunity to still watch on, on YouTube again. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, it really goes a long way. Yeah, and that, that's just the technology increase, right? Like, we were, we were at a point where we could stream to one or the other. And yep. at that point in time, our YouTube reach was so minimal. Uh, so our mm-hmm. Facebook reach outweighed what was going on in YouTube. So we made the choice to go straight to mm-hmm. Facebook Live and do that for, I do believe it was a couple events. And then we made the jump to add a little more technology, and now we can do it to both. So um, obviously that's better for, like Adam, you said, there's a lot, unfortunately a lot of the older people aren't on Facebook. And so to reach the old bowling public that was uh, watching TSN, CBCs, all that stuff, now we're offering uh, a media outlet for them to watch again is... uh, a huge bonus because that is a large part of uh, unfortunately five pins fan base right mm-hmm. family just wants to watch it's, yeah. it's pretty pretty incredible yeah 
Alrighty. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for coming out on the podcast, and thanks, Al, for uh, staying up late, and we'll get you that mm-hmm. uh, late work slip here in, through the mail, probably. I'll <laughs> <laughs> no, it by email. I'll need it for the morning. So. But no, thanks, thanks for having me on, guys. It was fun talking yeah. with you guys, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I look forward to what you guys do uh, come in the upcoming year, but if you ever want to chat again, let me know. Of course. Perfect. Thanks, thanks man. Time, I appreciate Al. it. Thanks, Al.